Thank you, Brother Denny. God bless you. It's a great to be back with you folks. Appreciate so much your pastor allowing me to come and stand in his stead here at the Great Heritage Baptist Church. What a great blessing it's been for me to be here. Your many kindnesses you bestow upon us continually. What a blessing it's always been to fellowship with the people of God and, uh, of course, taking good care of us with the lodging and the food and the encouragement. And what a great joy it is to serve the Lord. Amen. Looking forward to seeing what God has in store for us tonight. Appreciate you being here. If you have your Bible, let's go to the hymn book of the Old Testament, the book of Psalm. And I want to choose chapter number 57 tonight, Psalm 57, if you would please find your place there in Psalm 57. The psalmist David, under the inspiration of the Spirit of God, has 11 verses declared for us here in this portion of Scripture. I'd like to read all 11 of those verses tonight, and I'd like to ask you, if you would, to follow along. You're standing in honor of God's Word. Thank you for that tonight. And let's go now to Psalm 57. David said, Be merciful unto me, O God, be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge until these calamities be overpassed. I will cry unto God most high, unto God that performeth all things for me. He shall send from heaven and save me from the reproach of him that would swallow me up, Selah. God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. My soul is among lions. And I lie even among them that are set on fire, even the sons of men, whose teeth are spears and arrows, and their tongue a sharp sword. Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory be above all the earth. They have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They have digged a pit before me. Into the midst whereof they are fallen themselves. Selah. My heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. Awake up, my glory. Awake, psaltery and harp. I myself will awake early. I will praise thee, O Lord, among the people. I will sing unto thee among the nations. For thy mercy is great under the heavens, and thy truth under the clouds. Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens, let thy glory be above all the earth. What a great blessing to read this psalm tonight. I'd like to give you a little bit of background of what brought the attention to this psalm tonight. And I'd like to preach on this subject found in verse number one. Be merciful unto me, O God, be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee. I want to ask you tonight, does your soul trust in God? Do you trust in him? you say, oh, pastor, I've been saved for a long period of time. Yeah, I know you trusted him for salvation. But are we trusting him daily for everything else we need in life? The psalmist David, on the run from King Saul, cried out to God and said, my soul trusteth in thee. May God help us to draw our attention to that place tonight as we think about him. You may be seated. God bless you. The year was 1983, and my wife and I had just begun a full-time ministry at the Bible Baptist Church in Jackson, Georgia. God had moved us to a place where we were involved as a school principal of a Christian school and youth pastor in the church, and God had provided that opportunity for us to minister for Him after Bible college, and what a great joy it was to be in full-time Christian service. Now, we're always in full-time service, but they actually took care of us we didn't have to work a job. That job we had, of course, was to work for the church and involved in the ministry there. They placed us in an apartment. 
They took care of the provision of our apartment. They also took care of the total electric bill that was there. And they paid us $150 a week. And we thought we were in heaven right there on the spot. Back in 1983. What a blessing it was. At that time period of our life in ministry, God had blessed my wife and I with a little boy. We'd been married about two and a half years. And God blessed us with our firstborn son. His name was Adam. Adam began to grow and flourish in his life. And he was about nine months old, I guess, by this time. And he's excited about life, you know, and we're excited about him being part of our life. And and yet, as a husband, my desire is to make sure I take care of my family. That means you have to buy baby clothes, baby formula, baby diapers, and many of those, of course. And all kinds of things that come along with the baby. As well as taking care of your own life, taking care of groceries, and taking care of all the things that pertain to family. We, of course, as newlyweds had only been married just a couple years, about three years, I think, at the time. And being married three and a half years or so, we found out that you can live on love for so long, but you also need money to pay bills. You need money to take care of things. And it's great to love one another, but we need to make sure we understand as servants of God, we know we love God because we've trusted in him for salvation. But we want to make sure we trust in him for daily sustenance and supply. So my wife and I were praying for God's provision for our life not knowing exactly what that provision would entail, not even knowing what problems we might even have. At that particular time, we had a 1974 green Chevy Impala. Anybody have a Chevy Impala? 1970, be pretty valuable today if I still had it. 1974 green Chevy Impala, that thing would run like a tank. I mean, it was a big car, it ran well, but the only problem was the tires that were on it were starting to bald. And so I thought to myself, I'm going to have to buy some new tires. But I looked at my checking account, and my checking account didn't have enough money in there to buy new tires. Now, I could buy maybe one, but I couldn't buy four. And all of a sudden, I looked at the car one day, and the steel belts were showing in the reel, on the tires. And that's pretty devastating for a dad that has a little baby and a wife in the car. I'm thinking to myself, God, you put me in the ministry. God, you placed me here. And I know, God, you could supply this need. But I don't want anybody to know that I need these tires. I just need your help, God. I need to provide for my family. It's not safe to be on the highway in these kind of tires. They could blow out at any time. Now, suffice to say that the church was only about two blocks from my home. And I didn't travel very far. But on visitation, you'd go out and visit young people, and you'd have to take your car on visitation and go out and be involved in those areas. And I was afraid my car would break down because the tires were not very good. And so I prayed to God, my wife and I prayed to God that God would supply the need, and we'd be able to have those tires taken care of. And to us, it was a big deal. And then I went to work one day at the school as a school principal, and the pastor called me into the office. He said, Brother Ed, he said, you got something in the mail today. And it was a package that I received in the mail. And that package was from a tire factory or a tire shop in the town that I lived in in Jackson, Georgia. And that particular tire shop was a mom and pop shop. And what I mean by that is it was just family owned and operated. And so I went over to see them and and I thanked them for the gift. They had sent me a gift and they sent me a little thank you letter saying, thank you for your investment in the young people in our community. Thank you for what you're doing there at the church and helping young people get on the right path. And they had a little book that they sent me. It was a Christian book, a little reader book that you could have for family. They knew I had a little baby. And so they sent me this book, and he signed the inside of it. And he signed the inside of it, and he said, Brother Ed, thank you for all you're doing for God. May the Lord provide everything you need in your life. And if I can be of help, please let me know. He signed his name. 
And he put a coupon in there for $40 off on tires. And I thought, this is an answer to prayer. Not even knowing at the time what was going on. And so I took that coupon and I took that book and I went over there that day and I began to talk to Brother Doug. And I said, Brother Doug, I want to let you know I thank you for the opportunity to be able to receive this blessing, this book that you've given And I want to say I'm doing my very best to be able to try to help young people. And I just trust God and believe God's going to help people. And I'm excited about serving him. And and I thank you for the for the gift of $40. What can $40 buy? He said, well, what do you need? And I said, well, I've got some issue with my car and the tires that are on my car. And so he went out and he walked around. He came back in. He said, this is not good, preacher. He said, you need four new tires. He said, the steel belts are showing and you've got some bumps on the outside of the tire. It can explode at any time. I said, sir, I know. I said, but I don't have any, I don't have any way of providing for my family for that. Now, this was long before credit cards, okay? I did have a credit card that my dad gave me whenever I went to college. It was a Texaco card. You could buy gas with it. But in the town of Jackson, Georgia, there was no Texaco station. And so I really didn't have a whole lot, but I thought about asking God for more help and provision. And so I looked at the man that day and I said, Brother Doug, I said, I, I just want you to know that I'm doing my best and I need to get one tire at a time and I'll try to work through it. He said, well, let me check and see if I have any retreads. Now, that's a flashback, isn't it? Retreads. And so uh, I said, well, I don't even know what they are, but go ahead. You know, and so he went around looking at the shop and he come back around and he said, you know, I don't have anything in that size. He said, but let me take your phone number down at the church. And if anything happens to come in, I'll call you and I'll let you come over. and We'll see if we can put some tires on your car. He said, you just trust the Lord. The Lord will take care of it for you. And I said, yes, sir. He said, I don't have anything here that I can do for you right now. He said, but I'll make sure I mark it down. And so I got in my car and I began to drive away. And as I began to drive away, I had the window down. And I said, thank you for all your help. I'll stay in touch. And then all of a sudden, one of the men inside the shop said, hey, Doug, what do you want me to do with these tires? And he said, what tires? He said, this lady here just bought a brand new car and she doesn't like the way the tires sound. They make funny noises going down the road. She just bought four brand new steel belted radials. He said, what size are they? He told him the size and he said, are you in a hurry? And I said, what do you mean? He said, those will fit your car. And I said, you're kidding me. He said, no, sir. He said, pull it right on in right now. So I pulled that thing in there and I'm thinking, she got new tires. How many did she get? And all of a sudden, about 45 minutes later, Doug walks out and he says, well, here you go. Four tires all the way around. They had like 3,000 miles on them. Put all tires all the way around. I thought, well, I can't even afford to pay for these. So I was trying to, by the time that he's putting them on, I'm in the office pacing like I'm going to have a child. How am I going to pay for this? What am I going to do? God, you know I don't have any money. You ever done that before? What am I going to do, God? You know I can't take care of this. Maybe I can make payments. Maybe $2 a week. I mean, I don't know. And I'm, I'm, and I'm just trusting God. I'm just believing God, church, that God can take care of the situation. And he looked at me and he said, he said, you still have that coupon? I said, yes, sir. He said, let me see it. And he took that coupon and set it down. He took his little calculating machine, mounting, balance, air, all the different things. And he said, uh, that'll be $40. I said, what, if, I said, what do you mean $40? He said, well, looks to me like paid in full. And hand me back the receipt and said, if you have any trouble, stop by. We'll repair it for free. That day, I began to weep all the way back to church. 
You see, I had no idea. I had no idea, friends, that God had already sent a package in the mail. That God had already had a coupon set aside. And that God was going to just lead some lady to go to that shop that day to get a new set of tires. And God provided. My soul trusted in him. And God brought provision that day. And I've never forgotten what God did. And I can tell you story after story after story about the providing hand of God. In times of calamity, in times of financial woe, in times of situations physically with children. And I think we've all been there. There's things that overwhelm us, things that disappoint us, things that we face in our life. And we just wring our hands and say, God, what am I going to do? And the same God that saved you is the same one you can trust to take care of you. He knows your need, he knows your concern, and he wants to bless you. And let's go back, if we can, many years ago to the time of David's life. You see, David wrote three psalms in particular that were written when he was hiding out in the cave running from Saul. As a matter of fact, turn there, if you would, please, to Psalm 142. In Psalm 142, we'll find the first psalm that's written by David from the cave. Now, as you're turning to Psalm 142, may I remind you that the hymn book, which is the book of Psalm, and the history book, they match up. You see, in 1 Samuel chapter number 22, we find the story of David running from Saul, later on running from King Achish, and he goes to a place called the Cave of Adullam. Ever heard that name before? The Cave of Adullam. That's the same place where David cries out to God and asks God for help. And he said, God, I need your strength. I need your help. The king is after me. I'm in this calamity. I'm in this trouble. Now, suffice to say that the Psalms are not written in chronological order. And they're not written by the same author. There could be over at least 10 different penmen that wrote some of these 150 Psalms that are gathered here. But I know that David wrote this Psalm because God declares it as David's Psalm. At the same time, we know there are two caves that are mentioned in the Bible that David found himself hiding in. One of them in 1 Samuel 22, the cave of Adullam. The second cave mentioned is the cave of Engedi in chapter number 24 of 1 Samuel, where David is hiding out with his men. The men are already with him. He's hiding out. He's running from Saul in the wilderness. And Saul goes into the cave. And when he goes into the cave, David cuts off part of his robe. And David could have killed him, but he did not at that time. But I believe that we're talking about the cave of Adullam here. When he is on the run from Saul, he's First Samuel 22, he's now running from Saul. And so Psalm 142, David writes this when he's running from God. Look, if you would, at Psalm 142. It said, I cried unto the Lord with my voice. With my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. I poured out my complaint before him. I showed before him my trouble. Hey, let me ask you a question. Do you think God knew about his trouble? Sure he did. But David is addressing God. says, God, I want you to know here's my complaint. Here's my calamity. Here's my trouble. Listen, Brother AJ, tonight let us in a song till the storm passes by. We're going to face some adversities and some troubles and some heartaches in life. But God is the one that can keep us safe. In the hollow of his hand, David realizes, verse 3, When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. In the way wherein I walked, they have privily laid a snare for me. They have put a trap out for me. I looked on my right hand, and behold, but there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man 
cared for my soul. David said, I'm looking around to find somebody on my side, someone that can help me, someone that can assist me. And he said, I'm running away and I'm hiding in the cave of Adullam and there's nobody here to help me. Verse 5, I cried unto the Lord. I said, Thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. Attend to my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from thy persecutors, for they are stronger than I. He knew that Saul and his army and his cohorts were stronger than he was. He said, bring my soul out of prison that I may praise thy name. The righteous shall compass me about, for thou shalt deal bountifully with me. There's only seven verses here, beloved, but he's relating to us. That he's now in this cave, running from Saul. No one on his side. No one with him. He's now on his face before God. Crying out to God in prayer. God, I need your help. You ever been there before? David cries out. He said, no man cared for my soul. God, I can only turn to you. You're the only one that can help me. Now go back to our text we had this this evening. Psalm 57. We find the second psalm that comes from the cave. And the relationship of David's heart during this time as he cries out to God. You see, I think Psalm 142 was written first and then Psalm 57 came along second because of what happened here. It says, be merciful unto me, O God. Be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee. We found that out in Psalm 142, verse number 5. He said, God is my refuge. My soul trusteth in him. He said, for my soul trusteth in thee. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge. Until these calamities be overpassed. We understand he's using a figurative metaphor here of the shadow of the wings of God. The refuge of God himself like a protective mother bird. He's running under the shelter of the wings of God. Kind of like the songwriter said, I'm sheltered in the arms of God. The everlasting arms of God are there to help me. He's a very present help in time of need. Verse 2, I will cry unto God most high. By the way, the name God Most High, the word God is L in the Bible. Then you have, of course, the name of God, Jehovah. But God Most High would be El Elyon. Someone bigger than a king. Someone bigger than a commander. Someone bigger than an army. The Most High God rules in the kingdom of men. Hey, Daniel himself used it 13 times in the book of Daniel. And he said, God rules the affairs of all men. Solomon said in the book of Proverbs, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. He turneth it whithersoever he will. God's in charge of this world, not man. David understood as he cries out to God, these calamities that are going on. God, I turn to you as my refuge. I need your help. Verse 3, he shall send from heaven and save me. From the reproach of him that would swallow me up, Selah. That word Selah, you that are involved with music, you understand that word Selah means a pause or a rest. A confirmation to stop and to consider what's just been said and to dwell upon it. And even if you need to, say amen right there. Something good to dwell on. Something to rest and to consider as it's being declared. He said, David said, he shall send from heaven and save me from the reproach of him that would swallow me up, Selah. God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. I'm trusting in God, David said. I know I'm on the run from Saul. I know his cohorts are around me. I know these calamities are overtaking me. But he describes in verse number two, his cry to God, his prayer to God. He saw God as the most high God. Listen, my view of God. 
and your view of God will cause us to react to God either properly or improperly. If you have a high view of God's word and a high view of God, you can understand he can do all kinds of things to change our circumstances. He is in charge. He is the one that takes control of our lives. So these calamities were there. But the El El Yahum, the Most High God, David cries out with a passionate prayer to God. He said, God, I need your help. I have no one to turn to. Now, we do know that in 1 Samuel 22, that while he's praying to God flat on his face, some people start to show up. Matter of fact, it says in chapter 23 that those who are in debt, those that were discontented, those that were in distress, they came to the cave of Adullam with David. And some of them became some of David's mighty men eventually as he became the king. So they begin to come to him and say, David, we're on your side. David will help you. David, here we are to go along with you. But he was alone when he wrote Psalm 142. And now he believes that he'll be surrounded by the righteous and that God will help him. He said, God, it looks like things are bad right now. I'm all alone out here. I'm flat on my face, God, crying out to you. But in Psalm 57, he's now looking up to God and saying, God, I'm looking for your mercy. I'm looking for your truth. That word in the Hebrew is hesed, the loving kindness of God. David understood he didn't deserve God's loving kindness, but he knew about it. And he knew what God could do for him and through him. So he cries out to God. He said, God, I know you'll send forth mercy and truth. You will help me. So David rehearses before God who he is and what God can do. Verse 4, my soul is among lions. Now, this is not a literal interpretation here. He's talking about a, the idea is a metaphor is among lions. And so they had the character of a lion. They were devouring. They were destructive, ravenous beasts, greedy devourers. Sending out destruction to the servant David. They were talking bad about him, all right? They were causing conflict with their tongue. As a matter of fact, it says right here, they are set on fire. Even the sons of men whose teeth are spears and arrows and their tongue, a sharp sword. You ever had somebody criticize you? Complain? Gossip? Slander? David knew he had not done wrong, but yet he knew also that Saul was after him. Saul was jealous of him. And he understood that even though these calamities were on him, he trusted God to take care of him. He said, my soul trusteth in thee. Before this, in Psalm 142, he's flat on his face, beloved, crying out to God, God, I need your help. And in Psalm 57, he's looking up to God saying, God, I know who you are. I know the most high God. God, I know you'll take care of me. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to believe your truth. I'm going to believe your word. And he's not looking at Saul. Look at verse 5. Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory be above all the earth. He took his eyes. Listen to me. He took his eyes off the lions of verse 4 and put them on the exalted God in verse 5. When I take my eyes off my circumstances and I put them on the Christ, when I take my eyes off the problems of life, and I put upon the one that saved me from my sin. I have victory in him. I can understand his help is very present to me. He wants to deliver me and help me. David exalts the very God of heaven, knowing that God can take care of him. Listen, this was not about David doing something whereby he could be exalted. He realized that God was already exalted. And he was an exalting, exalting more because of the answer to prayer. Hey, I'm glad that when I cry out to God... He's there to hear me. 
I have access to Him. He doesn't always give me a yes answer to my prayers, but I know He hears them. And friends, He knows your needs. He knows your concerns. He knows exactly what we face in life, and He's there to help us. Let me ask you, does your soul trust in Him? Does your whole being, do you realize tonight that God loves you, and God wants to help you in your life? He knows your infirmities. He knows your financial situation. He knows your physical problems. He knows exactly what's going on. And he cares for you. He cares for me. He wants to supply that need. David knew that his enemies were after him. But he wasn't focused on the lions. He wasn't focused on the traps. He was focused on God. Look at verse 6. They have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They have digged a pit before me. And to the midst whereof they are fallen themselves, Selah. You see, David moves to this situation. The people that engaged in falsehood and deception, David knew that God would take care of them. And all the people that came after him, God would help him to be delivered. Now remember, in Psalm 142, he's flat on his face, all alone, crying out to God. The next time he writes a psalm from the cave, the cave of Adullam, I believe, he cries out to God saying, God... You're my refuge. I'm trusting in you. You say, how do you know that, Brother Pearson? The next verse. Look at the next verse with me if you would. My heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. You see, David moves from the cry for deliverance to a song of praise. Can you imagine? You're in the cave hiding now from Saul and all his cohorts. You don't want anybody to know you're there. You're hiding out in this cave. And all of a sudden, somebody starts to show up. Somebody comes by to visit. And David is crying out to God. He said, God, I know I'm all alone. God, I know that I'm in this dilemma. God, I know I need your help. But I'm looking to you for deliverance. The shadow of your wings. God, I know you can help me. God, my heart is fixed. My heart is secure. I just believe that, God, you're going to take care of this thing. He was trusting God. He believed what God could do. He was singing. His mind was made up. He just believed God. Hey, let me ask you a question. Is it true that the just shall live by faith? And faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the what? So the word of God declares what God's capable of doing. Hey, can God save us? Has he saved you? Can he keep you saved? Can he meet our needs? Can he watch over us? Can he give us strength for the journey that lies ahead in our lives? Can he help us to be a bold witness? Whatever the need is, our God is able. Do you believe? Do you believe? You, do, you believe God could supply the needs financially for a new building? You believe that God can fill that building? You believe that God can do a wonderful work here? He has in the past, and he'll continue to do so. We know what God's able to do. I believe, God, I believe. David said, God, I believe. My soul trusteth in thee. God, you're going to provide. God, you're going to take care of it. Listen, that building was going to be done. It's going to be great. I'm looking forward one day to coming back to see it. And seeing the people of God in Sunday school classes. To see the people of God working and thriving and laboring. Hey, notwithstanding, Jesus could come back tonight and the building program would be off. But it would be okay, man. But until then, we keep pressing on the upward way. We keep moving forward for God. We keep serving Him. So David is crying out, God, no matter what the dilemma, no matter what the calamity, my heart is fixed. You see, my wife and I believed that God could take care of us. 1983, we cried out to God for a new set of tires, or one tire at a time. We didn't know how God was going to do it. But I'll tell you what, after it happened, 
We couldn't stop praising him. We were so excited about God answering prayer. So, so excited about God meeting our needs and helping us. You know what we did? We began to sing and give praise to God. Because what God had done for us that day. And there have been many days just like that. That God met that need and another need and another need. And he could do the same for you. David said, my heart is fixed, O God. I'm turning to the look at verse number 8. Awake up, my glory. Awake, psaltery and harp. I myself will awake early. David is saying, early in the morning, I'm going to wake early. I'm going to get out my instruments. I'm going to play the songs of joy. I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. I'm going to thank God for his goodness to the children of men. I'm going to sing a song and not be ashamed to sing it. I'm going to praise God, the psaltery and the harp, the instruments. Most instruments aren't quiet when you play them. It wasn't like he was trying to hide what he was doing. Amen. He's still in the cave. He still has the same enemies, still has the same dilemma, and he's got the same God, but his perspective of God is different. You're the most high God. You are my refuge. You're my help. I'm going to turn to you, God. Verse 9, I'll praise thee, O Lord, among the people. I will sing unto thee among the nations, for thy mercy is great unto the heavens and thy truth unto the clouds. He rejoices, friends. In God's enduring love and God's faithfulness and God's truth. Listen, how deeply God loves his people. He is true to his word. Whatever he says he can do, he is able to do. The problem is we want him to do it on our time calendar. We want him to do it according to our plans, according to our will. David did not know what his future held, but he knew who held his future. His refuge was the Lord. So the second psalm relates that David is looking to God. He's not afraid to rejoice and to sing, even though the enemies are still after him. Even though it was known to all, he's now rejoicing, not done in secret, rejoicing and playing this instrument and singing out to God, rejoicing in him. Verse 11, be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory be above all the earth. Listen, he starts this psalm in despair, crying out to God. And he ends it in delight. God, my heart is fixed. I'm trusting you. My soul trusteth in thee. People are starting to show up now. David sees the hand of God's blessing. He sees what God is doing. And then there's one other psalm written from the cave. Turn to Psalm 34, if you would, please. Psalm 34. David, in his despair, cries out to God. And he understands what God is doing. Psalm 34. Verse 1 said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast. In whom? The Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. If you have a superscription there above that passage, you're going to find that he's on the run from King Achish. He makes his way to the cave of Adullam there. And while he's crying out to God, he realizes on his face before God that he seems to be all alone. No man cared for his soul. But he looked to God because God cared. Then all of a sudden, people are starting to show up. Now they're all gathered in this cave of Adullam. Later on, gathered Brother Denny in the cave of Engedi. And as they're gathered there, he said, let us, let us. There's more than one there now. These people that are gathered with him. Let us exalt his name together. God is good. God's going to take care of us. 
God's going to help us. Hey, when the leader's got a good spirit, that means the followers will too. He was so excited about the hand of God's blessing. He knew that God would take care of him. He said, let us exalt his name together. Saul will not take us out. His cohorts will not take us out. We will trust in the Lord. Verse number four. I sought the Lord and he heard me. He delivered me from all my fears. David said, I want you to know my attitude has changed. In Psalm 142, flat on his face, crying out to God all alone. In Psalm 57, he said, God, my soul trusteth in thee. I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but I'm going to trust you. I'm going to believe you. I'm going to honor your word. I'm going to obey your voice. And whatever happens, I'm just going to trust the Lord. You're my refuge. Be thou exalted, O God. It's all for you and for your honor and glory. Then here in Psalm 34, he says, I want to seek the Lord. Verse 6, this poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. Look at verse 18. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Hey, friends, listen. David knew. Listen to me tonight. David knew he couldn't do it on his own. David knew it wasn't his military prowess. He knew it wasn't his great ability that would help him. It was God that would deliver him. It was God that would watch over him. It would be God that would direct his life. See, David admitted his need. He admitted he couldn't do it on his own. He needed the help of God. And after he admitted his need, he cried out for help. Father, God, I need your help. And when he did that, you know what happened? He learned from God about his mercy and about his truth and loving kindness. And that even though it didn't turn out the way David perhaps wanted to turn out, God was still right and God was still God. And he was going to be glorified in the situation. We, of course, know the end of the story now, don't we? God protected David. God watched over him. And in that adversity that he faced, the despair that he had, God brought deliverance. And David was delighted about it. He was happy about God's deliverance. He was rejoicing in the Lord, singing the songs of Zion. Even in spite of the enemy still being there, he was praising God. Even in spite of the troubles of life, he was praising God. He understood. He trusted God among the lions of chapter 57. He trusted God while hiding out in the cave. The history book, 1 Samuel 22, 23, and 24, show to us that God had a plan for David's life. And God brought that plan into fruition. And God used David not only as a shepherd boy but as a mighty king for the nation of Israel. Listen, I don't know what God's plans are for your life. Perhaps not a king or a president, but he does have a plan for us. We need to fulfill the role that God has for our lives as we think about him. Admit that we need the help of God every day. Admit that we should trust in him, follow after him. Could it be possible tonight that we have troubles and calamities as well? Oh, maybe not the same type of enemies like Saul. Maybe there's something else plaguing us tonight. Maybe it's a financial thing. Maybe it's a physical thing. Maybe it's a spiritual thing. Maybe it's a weakness that we have or sin issues in our life. Maybe there's something overwhelming us tonight that we don't understand. You know what we need to do? Hope in God. Trust in God. Have a confident expectation of God. Rely upon God. He saved you. He can keep you saved. He can sustain your everyday life. And the story I told you tonight about my own family, I have many more just like it. 
Don't ever forget the providing hand of God in your life as a child of God. It's not our abilities. It's not our checking account. It's not our car. It's not the possessions that we have. It's God that provided it all for us. Let's never forget the goodness of God that he's bestowed. Trust in God. Rely upon him. Don't trust in unreliable sources. You know, this passage closes out in verse 19. It says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. We can probably say amen right there. But the Lord delivereth him out of them all. He knows where we are. He knows what we need. He's capable of meeting that need. Listen, tonight, God knows every person in this room. He knows every need that you have, and he is capable of taking care of that tonight. And even if he doesn't take care of it the way you think he should, his grace is always sufficient. He's there to assist us and to help us. Verse 20, he keepeth all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. You know what David is saying? I can't see the future, but I know who's in charge of it. And my life is not desolate. I'm not alone. I'm not barren. I'm not being ravaged by the enemy. I know my trust is in the Lord. Later on, David said this, Psalm 40, verse 4, Blessed is the man that maketh the Lord his trust. Psalm 118.8, it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. You see, man or riches or idols or self-righteousness will fail. But Jesus never fails. He's the one we ought to trust. Psalm 9, verse 10, it says, And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. For thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. He's there to help us. The name and reputation of God, beloved, is on the line tonight. If he makes a promise, he's going to keep it. He's going to take care of us. He never changes. He's always dependable. He's always trustworthy. Listen, we know what the Bible says. Then why are we not believing it and acting upon it? Psalm 22, 4, our fathers trusted in thee, they trusted, and thou didst deliver them. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, maybe some of your life verses here tonight. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. Acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. He knows exactly what we need, when we need it, and God is able to take care of it. Are you glad tonight in the goodness of God? Psalm 28, 7, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices and with my song will I praise him. The fruitfulness of God, Jeremiah 17, 7, blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. Psalm 34, 8, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Psalm 84, 12, O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. Isaiah 12, 1, I will trust and not be afraid. Psalm 56, 3, what time I'm afraid, I will trust in thee. Listen to me. David knew that God was able to meet his need. So with a great plea to God and a prayer to God, he found out there's no despair here. There's delight. He was delightfully delivered and God blessed his life. In a tremendous way, he cried out to God in praise and concern for him. He is our refuge. Listen, no doubt we can be in distress and sorrow and problems of life. There can be guilt that might accuse us, situations of life that overwhelm us, our future, our family, our relationships, our health, 
our ministry, you name it, my friend. But God knows what we're going through. And God wants to help us. Let's understand tonight that God might not alleviate every problem. He may not take away every situation, but he's always there to help us. Psalm 31.1, in thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in thy righteousness. As servants of God tonight, we have the peace of God to direct our lives. We have confidence in the word of God. We have redemption in the person of God. We should have reliance on the strength and the assurance that God will take care of his children. David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. Sometimes God is more interested in changing your situation, but sometimes he's not. Sometimes you are interested in changing the problem, and God is saying, no, I'm going to change you in the situation. I'm going to do what I can for you. Listen, my problems... And your problems are not ours. God knows what they are. They're in his hands. They're his calamities. They're his concerns. What I need to do is I need to say, God, I know you can help me. Psalm 142, on my face before God like David. God, I need a refuge. I'm alone here, but I know you can help me. Psalm 57, God, my help comes from you. I will trust in thee. My heart is fixed. My heart is secure. I believe the word of God. And then Psalm 34, when they're all gathered together, let us exalt his name together. Hey, church, when you got saved, it changed your life. God's not forgotten your salvation, and you shouldn't either. And God gives us everyday grace, amen, sustaining grace, loving grace, daily grace to live by. He helps us every day of our life. We do what God wants. We see the blessing hand of God in our life. He chastens those that are disobedient, but he wants to direct us on the right path. May we be like the psalmist was. When we face adversity and trouble and heartache, recognize you need God. Recognize you can't do it on your own. But if you cry out to God, he's there to help you in your time of need. One more illustration. I'm done. Whenever my children were starting to grow, sometimes I would take my children by the hand and I would take them places And I would lead them across the street safely or take them to the playground. And I would take my hand and I would put it around their hand and walk away with them. And they could not get out of my grip because I had a hold of their hand. Friends, listen. If my child has a hold of my hand, then they can let go of my hand. But if I have a hold of theirs, they can't let go until I tell them to. And my friend, I want you to know they can squirm all they want. But they're not getting cut loose. And the Bible says that the Father has us in his hand. And no man can pluck you out of my Father's hand. His hand is secure. It's everlasting. It's strong. He's there to help you, to lift you up, to encourage you, to draw you nigh when you need compassion and love and mercy. He's there because he cares for you so much that he saved you. If you're here tonight and you're not saved, we can take a Bible and show you how much God loves you. Because he can change your life for eternity. You need to trust in him. You need to realize you're a sinner. and need to be saved by the grace of God. You can't get to heaven on your own. But you can exalt God who can allow you to be in his presence. Because he gave an opportunity to even you, no matter what you've done. He can forgive you of your sin. And give you a home in heaven. And you that are saved, don't get past what he's done for you. And when the calamities come, and the heartaches come... The overwhelming burdens come. 
There's one place to take it. Take it to the Lord. Give it to Him and trust Him. We read many verses when they trusted in the Lord what He did for them. I'm going to trust God that He's going to supply the needs for your new building. I'm going to trust God that souls are going to be saved, that folks are going to be out on visitation in the month of March, and people are going to be saved by the grace of God. That God's going to add to the church such as should be saved. That God's going to work in you and through you on your job, in your school, in your neighborhood. God's going to use you and your family. God's going to help you to realize that He wants to make you usable for His service. He's going to take every one of you in this room that may think you're all alone, but you have the help of God, the refuge of God, the strength of God, and you have the hand of God guiding you and directing you and the Word of God challenging you. Trust in the Lord. My soul. Trusteth in Him. What about you tonight? He saved you. He can do much, much more. If you need Him, His hands are open wide tonight. Come and bow the knee. Come and cry out to Him. And I believe you'll see victory. You can all say together, let us magnify the Lord. Let's lift Him up because of what He's able to do and what He has done. He's been good to the children of men. Let's bow for prayer. Father in heaven tonight, I thank you so much for the privilege of being here this evening. Thank you for the attentive ear of the servants of God. I thank you, Father, for your word that's a comfort and a challenge to our hearts. Thank you so much, Father, for the challenge of David. And even when he was alone, crying out to God flat on his face. That God, you answered his prayer and you gave a song in his heart. You helped him to sing and to pray and to see the delivering hand of God. And Lord, even now, as I think about David in Psalm 34, saying all those folks that came to visit, all their needs were supplied, all the provision of food, all the provision of life that was needed. In Psalm 34, every need was met in that passage for those that needed something from God. And Lord, tonight, I don't know what these people are facing, but God, I know you know each and every life, each and every heart. God, maybe there's someone here tonight that does not know thee as Savior in the pardon of sin. Oh, pray God, I pray God that even now you'd arrest their attention. They'd realize their need for Christ and God, you'd save them tonight from their sin and their suffering. God, for that one that's here is saved as a child of God, but has neglected their prayer life, neglected soul winning or neglected their Bible reading or not done their best in serving God. Lord, help us to have a heart that is fixed upon you. Help us to trust in you, to believe your word. To hide it upon our hearts and in our lives and saturate ourselves with your word that we might be more like you. Oh God, I pray you'd help your people tonight to realize that their help comes from thee. Pray God tonight that you'd bless every person that's here. You know their heartaches, you know their needs, you know their concerns. And God, if there's something tonight going on in their life, help us to be like David. Help us to bow the knee and to look to the heavens and let God be exalted. Help us to be like David, my soul trusteth in thee, not just for salvation, but for everyday grace, everyday life, everyday living, that we might see the hand of God's blessing rooted deep within our being, and we do our best to serve you. Forgive us, God, of our sin and our shortcomings. Help us to be honest enough and transparent enough to admit our need for your help, and give us victory in Jesus. There may be a storm in our life, but the hall of your hand keeps us safe. Bless now, God, the invitation time. Help folks to listen attentively and to glean tonight what would be good for their life. Help them to respond appropriately according to your Holy Spirit direction. May you receive honor and glory for all that's said and all that's done this night. We ask it in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Stand, if you would, please, as the invitation is given. Some have already come to pray, but still a place for you. As we sing tonight, you obey the voice of God. You know your need. You take care of it right now, would you please? Father, thank you for tonight. And I know that Pastor Pearson, the Lord, laid out his heart and preached out his heart tonight. And, Father, thank you for your word. And thank you, Father, for, uh, Lord, the experiences and, Lord, uh, the testimony of uh, King David. And thank you, Father, that, uh, Lord, it's put in your word uh, for our admonishment and uh, for us to learn from. I thank you, Lord, that we worship a God that we can trust. And uh, I pray that you forgive us that many of us, if not all of us here, have placed our faith in Jesus Christ for our eternity. Uh, but, Lord, for some of the things in life, we've uh, uh, allowed fear to creep in, and we kept our eyes off of Jesus. And, uh, Lord, tonight, if nothing else, Lord, help us have our eyes back on Jesus Christ and to realize that uh, whether the need is small or big or medium, Lord, you could take care of it because uh, you are the God of the creator of the heavens and the earth, and you trusted in us. Not only that, Lord, you are our heavenly Father. You know our needs. And, uh, Father, we pray that you help us to reconnect and to realize that the only thing and the only one that we could trust in is you. Thank you, Father, for this uh, night, and thank you for the message. In Jesus' name, amen.